This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire Pods, search for us on iTunes or check out BlueWirePods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Breaking news. LeBron is a Laker. This Clippers team will win a championship this year. Paul George, corner three. Yes! Ryan has to put it up with the buzzer. Banks it in! <laughs> he banks in the three! And the Lakers win the game! What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points and Blue Wire Networks. As always, Tomer Zarley here, your Clippers beat writer for Clutch Points. As always, I'm always here with Ryan Ward, our Lakers beat writer for Clutch Points. Ryan, how you doing? I'm good. How's how's, Col- good. how's how's Colorado treating you? Crazy weather, but beautiful when it's clear. Would you rather have crazy weather like Colorado or crazy people like Huntington Beach? Oh, crazy weather for sure. <laughs> crazy weather <laughs> for sure. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, this week, I mean, we just finished the Last Dance episodes five and six. Uh, we might as well just jump right into it. Um, episode five and six was about Kobe Bryant, um, and then well, episode five was about Kobe Bryant, the beginning of it, the All Star game, the connection there, um, and then you had a bit about you know the rest of their season, the Bulls season. Um, but I think you know this is this, the LA podcast, so let's just talk about what what's important here. Um, I personally was a bit disappointed that Kobe's moments were only about the first ten ten minutes, maybe maybe not even that. Um, I feel like, you know, they, they, they put a, they put a good amount of emphasis to start, but I thought they just, they could have done a bit more. Um, maybe that was just me. Maybe they didn't want to make it all about Kobe. Um, no, I totally agree with you, man. I mean, it's, I think every Laker fan, every Kobe fan, every, every member, basketball fan. Yeah. I feel every like. member of the media that didn't get a screener was going into that thinking, we're going to see like half an hour of Kobe Jordan, right? That's what I expected. I mean, I had tissue box right next to me, glass of wine, <laughs> all prepared to lose my shit. And, uh, and I, I mean, it was still, you know, it still uh, struck a nerve seeing Kobe talk and knowing that he passed away a week after that interview took place. Was it um, a week after? Yeah, yeah. That's what they were saying ahead of it. Um, oh, man. So that was kind of a trip. Just thinking, you know, Kobe's saying all this stuff, and he has no idea what's in store for his future a week later, you know, and just all the, the madness that, that took place afterwards. 
But uh, yeah, I was totally ready for 30 minutes and seeing a bunch of stuff I'd never seen. I mean, we still saw a lot of stuff we never saw. I mean, Jordan basically talking in the locker room we thought was interesting, like saying, oh, that, that Laker boy is going to try and take us all on one-on-one. And he just knew that Kobe was going to be in total attack mode. And I mean, he knew he was the next guy. He knew he was the next guy way ahead of time. I think what was, yes, the locker room scene was pretty interesting. I enjoyed the, um, just just the conversation between them on the court. I, I really wish they showed more of that. I, f- I feel like you really could have just filled it up with with a, a bunch of other clips of them playing because they played against each other with the Wizards and the, and the Lakers, right? I mean, <coughs> excuse me, they, they played against each other. I think they had their oh, moments. That was, and, the Jordan was probably like, yeah, I don't think I want, to, I want people to see me get torched by 55. By Kobe when I could barely move or get off the ground. I mean, um, it is your disciple. He basically is the second coming of you. Um, no, it's true. It's true. But uh, you know what's kind of crazy is that year I went to go see Jordan and Kobe play against each other. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I still remember uh, the Bulls are wearing like pinstripes. Uh, they're, they're classic. like um, The black jerseys? Oh, God. Sick. Sick jerseys. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was in the Great Western Forum. I was in the nosebleeds uh, with my buddy and his dad. And, and his dad got tickets. And it was $110 back then. Wow. $110. Bucks. And I was like, you know, I mean, kid in candy store. I get to see, you know, my idol, Michael Jordan. And then Kobe, this brash kid who I didn't like at the time, <laughs> going up against him. But, uh, man, that was, that was, I remember Jordan had this reverse underneath the basket, which I was just like, jaw just completely dropped. Because it was, I was in the nosebleeds uh, on the Bulls basket in the first half, I believe it was. Uh, and I got to see that right up close and Eddie Jones trying to stay in front of him and everything. Oh, man, it was, <laughs> oh, it was crazy. Still remember to this. I got the ticket somewhere. I got to find it. So someone told me, and I'm not sure if this is true, but someone told me that Kobe Bryant never got to hear what Jordan said about him in the locker room. About the Laker boy going going one on one, or stuff like that. About him taking over the league or stuff like that. I, I don't know if that's don't true. Don't doubt it, man. I mean, think about it. How many people are only seeing this for the first time, and it's been what you know, twenty plus years. I don't doubt yeah. that at all. That's true. But those two were close, and they had a you know different. I mean, God knows. Could you imagine the conversations between those two over twenty yeah, I'd, years? Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd listen for weeks. I'd sit down and listen to that for weeks. Yeah, or like when Jordan at the memorial when he was talking about Kobe calling him at like 3 a.m. Right. Just, want, just wanted to pick his brain, and Jordan's all pissed off at first. But then he understood, you know, this kid just wants it as bad as I did. So, What did you make of um, – I'll, I'll put it this way. This documentary is clearly angling from the Jordan and Bull side. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm not saying the bad boy Pistons weren't weren't bad or they weren't assholes, but I I do think the doc is making them look especially bad. Um, you know, with not shaking their hands and and walking off the court and all that. Like I saw Sam Smith earlier today, the the, the writer of that book. I think he said that um, Jordan rules. Yeah, there you go. He said that the Jordan when they were up when they were about to go up three zero in game three. He was just trash, trash talking them, calling them like uh, not respectable winners. They, they weren't real winners. They they weren't weren't deserving of being champions or something like that. 
which is why they walked off the court in after game four because he felt like they disrespected he disrespected them. I mean, who knows what the the true intentions were, but I did the the only thing that kind of struck a chord with me because I I knew about this long time ago, right? Like the disrespect between the two, the potential like aftermath with the uh, you know the dream team and Isaiah not being on it and all that, mm-hmm. but. Isaiah pointing out that the, the Celtics did that to them, I thought was interesting because I remember seeing that when the when the Celtics did that, like not live or anything, but like in a in a replay, and I didn't think for a second it was disrespectful. And it's so funny because then you look at the Pistons and that's all you see It's like, oh, it's just total disrespect. Um, and then how Isaiah said he had to chase down McHale and shake his hand or whatever. So, I mean, that's probably partially had to do with it you know like Isaiah's like well the Celtics did it to us we're gonna do it to you but at the same time you know Jordan does point out that the two prior uh playoff runs where they the Bulls got knocked out they made a point of it to go up to those guys and shake their hands and all that even after they beat the shit out of them (laughs) you know what I mean I mean those guys were rough rough I mean the, the rule is to keep them out of the air Right, basically, like, was it Isaiah saying? Well, once he gets in the air, you're screwed. Right? Yeah, he could, he could do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you get him on the ground before that, I mean, think of that mentality. Think of there's no way that could be done today, right? Today, you'd see suspensions. You'd see, God knows what. I mean, the league would do anything in its power to stop that. But it was almost like encouraged back then. Well, I, I'm mainly just saying, just it was just weird to see that, you know. When the Bulls lost, they were all... They didn't mention uh, Jordan trash-talking the Pistons, is what I'm saying. They didn't mention that at all. No. I felt like that was that was worth mentioning, if true, that he was saying they were they, weren't, they didn't deserve to be winners. Like, if I'm the Pistons, I'd be pissed, too. Um, you know, like, you can have class when you lose, but I guess not when you win. Is that what's going on there? No, I mean, Jordan's no saint. That's that's obvious. That's come out. Well, I don't think it's stuff. as obvious. They're They're trying to sort of... I feel like they're trying to they're trying to lower that 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 sort of uh, well, the thing is the Pistons it? the difference with the Pistons was Pistons pissed off a lot of people, a lot of different teams, right? A lot right? Of great yeah, teams. I I wasn't a fan they of the way they played. They had their thing with the right. Celtics. They had their things with yeah. They had the, their thing with the the Lakers. Um, I mean, even Magic Johnson and Isaiah were super close, and they had their division. They stopped being friends for a long time. I think that I only just started talking to each other last year, maybe. Something they had that NBA TV or whatever special where they got together and they, they hugged it out right. and cried it out and talked about it. So, yeah. Yeah, it was recent. So, it was pretty recent. I mean, those guys, they, they rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and it's obvious why. Because they played a different brand of basketball that was extremely physical and probably threatened a lot of people's careers. You know, I mean, that's all anybody would talk about today. It's like, oh, what if so-and-so got hurt? Or That's know, what I didn't like, that they, they were actually sort of – putting people's careers at risk. Like you saw some of the, some of the hits that, that, you know, not only to the body, but to the floor that the, the Bulls players took from oh, yeah. well, Scotty and Jordan. Just maul. Or like when Dennis Rodman threw Scotty Pippen into the stands after a layup. That was, that was dirty. Yeah. I mean, that, could you imagine that today? That You'd just, be suspended. People would be talking about that for months. Right. When, it, when at that, it was just, you know, a matter of 15 seconds and then they get back on the floor and Scotty takes free throws or whatever. Um, it's just it's you know what the the one thing that you're seeing is the difference in eras and generations and how the NBA has softened up physically, right? 
And uh, I mean, this is one thing that I always thought separated. Is it softened or is it just safer? I mean, it's not yeah, as but the, physical okay. as it was, but it is safer. Like, but you how can't many deny people... that they were putting people at risk. Yeah, they were. But how many people got hurt? How many but stories the NBA do you was have? not as high flying as it is now, though. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a lot less why. athletic. The game is played above the ground now. Yeah, but this is why. Because people don't take people out midair. <laughs> they don't, you know, dissuade you from driving to the hoop. Because one thing they didn't show as much is the Knicks. The Knicks kind of took it to another level in terms of right. when Jordan mm-hmm. would drive to the basket. they try and take him out in the air. They didn't stop like the Pistons. I mean, I'm not saying the Pistons would stop, but they, the, the, the Knicks looked at what the Pistons did and they tried to copy it to, mm-hmm. stop, to stop Jordan with their mm-hmm. own kind of tactics with Pat Riley. But, uh, but you never heard people getting career-ending injuries. You never see guys out of series. They, they just fought through it. And granted, their careers were shorter back then. Um, but still, I mean, I, I love that brand of basketball. And I think that, I think that the toughness that Jordan got through those Pistons years made him into such a badass later on to where it became, <laughs> vir- vir- he became virtually unbeatable. Because if you can't beat him up physically and stop him, what can you do? Yeah, you're, you're at his mercy at that point. Yeah, you're screwed. There's yeah. nothing you can do, right? I mean, and then Pippen got, you know, tough too. And then you bring in Rodman, and then that's just it. Yeah. You know? I, I did think, um, you know, I think they also maybe appeared to downplay. Like, I wasn't alive. I haven't, I haven't read. Well, I was alive, but I wasn't really into it as much then. But uh, just Jordan's gambling issues. I feel like they're a lot more of a problem than they actually had made it seem in, in the doc. And maybe maybe it wasn't. I don't, I don't know the facts about that. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know. What, what's your take on the whole gambling uh non-addiction that Jordan was talking about. That he didn't have a problem gambling. I'm sure. Come on. The guy that competitive, it must have been a problem because he never wanted to lose. I mean, was it Magic Johnson said the next day that this episode aired something like uh, Jordan literally would not leave the table until he won the last hand, right? But yeah, he wouldn't want to just would beat you. He'd want to destroy you. Destroy you. Yeah. Like it's just, it was the way he channeled his energy. He channeled. I mean, he, he used everything he possibly could to 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 motivate him to to win and to beat you. And, and I I guarantee that must have taken a toll uh, when it came to gambling. You know, in Atlantic City, Vegas, or you know wherever. Um, and I'm, maybe there's stories that'll come out in the future. I mean, there's there's that long conspiracy theory about him. The reason why, the real reason he left, you know, to play baseball was he was suspended. Right for a year because of the gambling or, or whatever happened. Um, but who knows? I mean, you'd figure that'd come out by now or that would be touched on in this documentary, even though we got four more episodes to go. But I don't know. You just never know. I mean, it could, could have been a problem. I well, know, David, I know David some... Stern did say that they looked into it, they didn't find anything, you know, any, any uh, big amounts or worrisome amounts of money being, being gambled away or thrown away. So they just sort uh-huh. of let it go. But a year and a half suspension to the biggest athlete or maybe even person in the world, um, uh, that, that's insane. E- regardless of how much money, but a suspension. Is that just a conspiracy theory that was going around? Yeah, everybody thought that. People still believe that. And who knows? Maybe it is true. I, I don't personally believe it because I think it would have come out by now. Right. It would have. Right. right. There's too many uh, investigative reporters that would have 
picked and picked the picks, especially today. You know the way the way things are done today. Like unless it was a decision among like maybe like the top two executives in the NBA, and you know maybe the Bulls owner and Jordan. Maybe it was that. What well, and you're never going to get out of David Stern now. I mean, he passed away as well, so it's that's 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 a closed door. I mean, you just but you never know. You never know, right? I mean, who knows? Maybe after all of this comes out, all of a sudden something drops. You know, I it wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't. I mean, I I don't think it happened. Because I figured you would see it by now after two decades, but, but, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll just see. I don't know. I remember when we won our, our first bet. Remember that night in Vegas? That was uh, well, no, that was that was my first bet actually. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you were on my, cloud I was night. dancing around. <laughs> I, I watched that video the other day. We're not going to share that with the public, but that was a that was a fun night. That was a fun night. That'll be in your documentary in twenty years. <laughs> the first dance. Tomer's, the first dance. Tomer's first bet win. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen you so happy, ever. That was crazy. Uh, that was fun though. I think uh, what was what was the sixth episode about? They had a bit about um, you know obviously closing out the season. Uh, you mentioned the Knicks. Uh, man, I can't. The, the dream team. The dream team. There you go. The dream team. That's what I want to talk about. But I think that was after all of the Kobe stuff in the beginning of the first one. Mm-hmm. I think. Which I thought. I, was I remember Michael incredible. Wilbon said that you know nine players came out and said they didn't want it on the team, uh, and then the players came out, or, or you know, I think yesterday issued a retraction saying several yeah, sources apologized. told me that you know I was wrong. It wasn't this many players. I'm incorrect. I apologize. Blah blah blah. Uh, which I thought was was very cool, very professional to do, obviously. But um, just makes you wonder: was it really just Jordan and Pippen who didn't want Isaiah Thomas on the team? Because it's another, it's another thing you'll never know, you know. That that's just, what this documentary was supposed to reveal. It's supposed to alleviate all these questions and give us the answers. And it's just maybe <laughs> maybe they'll give it to us later. But right now, it just feels like there's still a couple of holes still left. Well, I mean, I'm sure if Jordan was asked directly, he would have said, "No, I don't want him on the team." Well, I I think that he, I think it's obvious he didn't. But I think that, well, what what did he say in the episode that he wasn't the reason that it wasn't on the team? Yeah, and if you think about it, he'd be a really easy scapegoat, right? He's mm-hmm. the face of the team. They they just beat them, right? Or was it? It was ninety two, right? So was it two years before this that they beat them? Yeah, they beat them in ninety and ninety one, I believe. Either no, way, they they ended they ended the bad boys era. The right, ended, right, yeah. Right? So there's animosity there. There's, it's always going to be. And knowing Jordan, he probably wouldn't want Isaiah on the team because he wants that competitive edge over him. Right? So he's not going to want to be buddy-buddy with a guy who he still wants to destroy every chance he gets, even though he's like that with, you know, say Magic or anybody else on the team, Clyde Drexler. I mean, if anything, I thought he would want him on the team just to destroy him in practice. The Maybe. practices look competitive as hell. Like, that, that looked... Feisty. Well, I think it comes down to maybe he just didn't respect the guy. He just he respect all the other greats or whatever at the time. Yeah. yeah, but he just didn't respect him after all that had happened, and it was still fresh. It was still an open wound, you know. Yeah, I mean it. It's very possible. I I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but could you imagine? Time? Could you imagine seeing footage of those practices? That would have been insane. It's got to be out there because there's clips of it, right? And then when Magic throws the ball into the stands, that's the first time I've seen that. Um, 
I, I love how he called it the United Center or the, the Chicago Arena every time he got calls. <laughs> yeah. it's like everything's a foul on Jordan. Remember when they, when they were taking the photo shoot? Oh God, he was that saying, cracks me up every uh, time. You know, put your hand on Jordan. He goes, can't touch Jordan. That's a foul. <laughs> he can't get too close to Jordan because it's a foul. Uh, then Jordan goes at him. So you never fouled out a day or a game in your life. Right. Yeah. How many games you fouled out? That's yeah. just a lot of great moments. I, I would I would love to have all that footage or some more of that footage out there. Yeah, just a um, documentary like this on that. I would watch 10, 10 episodes of that. <laughs> that'd For be sure. amazing. That'd yeah, be that'd amazing. Be, especially with all those players. Imagine interviewing all of those guys all over again. I, I, I can't, there's so many. There's so much talent. There's so many stories on that team. Oh, yeah. Um, like they, they honestly could have gone, I think feel like, like we talked about it last week. They could have had like a 10-part doc on Dennis Rodman's uh, Vegas trip in the <laughs> middle of the season. What, they could have had, mean, yeah. Have you noticed that uh, since this came out and how popular it is, everybody wants to put out their documentary now? I mean, there's even one in the works with Clay Thompson and his ACL rehab. I'm like, really? Your ACL rehab? You mean an injury that every happens every year to star players? I mean, maybe, yeah. There's a lot of documentary people want to put out there. That's true. I, I mean, just maybe thought it's it could a little be interesting, excessive. Though. But, I mean, back in the day, the only time you got a documentary is when you were, like, the cream of the crop, right? You're your Magic, your Jordan, your Kobe, your Shaq, not Clay Thompson, you know, or... Yeah, you but know, we, 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 we aren't in uh, 1990 anymore or 2000 no, anymore. It's we're, true. It's just, we're in an era where everyone, you got so much technology and so much access to technology to make these kind of things. that. And honestly, I'd love an inside, inside view of how Clay Thompson's recovering. I'd love to no, see what he's doing and rehabbing. I'm not um, saying it, I, I wouldn't watch it. I just think the appeal of a documentary is kind of watered down now because there's so many of them. I mean, there's another one, which actually I think is interesting, which I'm sure you are com- totally interested in, was the Clippers... Uh, the Doc Rivers, the Donald uh, Sterling one. The yeah, Donald, they they teased that as well. It's going to be on Quibi. I think May 11th. But I think Quibi is only like a 10 minute, 12 minute thing. Still going to be interesting. I'd still yeah. watch it. I, I yeah. dude, I don't know how 10 minutes is enough for that. No, I, I feel maybe like it's going to be like 30 10, 30. 10 minute episodes or something, and they'll just do a series of them. They should. That's I mean, possible. That's possible. It looked even cool the way they were interviewing them. Like <sighs> the look of it and the appeal, just it just looked uh, unique. I think that's been in the works for I think Chris Chris Paul teased that for like a year, a year and a half. Like, well, back when he was on JJ Reddick's podcast, like a year and a half ago, he said like we're working on something. Hmm. And I think yeah, I, I don't know if Quibi's a big enough platform for it. Maybe it is multiple episodes. It'll end up being like maybe like an hour in total. Wait, or you know two what? Hours in total. D Wade's doing one on the Dream Team, isn't he? Or he's producing it or something? On the Dream Team or the Redeem Team? Oh, is it the Redeem team? The, yeah, I okay. think the 08 team after they lost to... Makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, Argentina, whoever that was, in 04. Yeah. Whoever won in 04. Um, yeah, I think they're doing a Redeem team, doc. That was Kobe. That was That'll be LeBron. Cool. Yeah, that was a good team. Yeah. Um, any more Last Dance stuff? Or we, I think we touched on pretty much both the episodes. Uh, yeah, no, that's, I can't wait for the next one. Episodes 7 and 8 this Sunday. Oof. Yeah. I, I can't believe it's almost coming to an end. We're like past the midway point already. <laughs> I've already watched every episode like twice, two or three times. Have you really? Yeah, well, this the Sunday, I watched all of them all over again. Because, you know, they're playing them before. Throughout the, the, yeah, throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just, I mean, I was working anyway. I was like, might as well keep these on in the background. It doesn't get old to me. I love it. It doesn't get old at all. 
before we move on, I wanted to tell you guys about uh, Bet Online. Bet Online and and their Madden tournament actually. Uh, you guys know there's no NBA, there's no NHL, um, there's no baseball, there's nothing going on right now. Um, and you might think that there's really nothing to bet on, but you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props that you can still wager on. Uh, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas right to you. I know a lot of you are missing the NFL. If you're doing that, Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. Yeah, you can bet on simulations. Make money. But don't go Jordan on us, please. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. Just use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. And for the guys, I also want to tell you guys about Blue Chew. Are you guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? All you have to do is get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. You know, you just had dinner, you want to get it on, you're good to go, just take one. Plus, you don't have to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Don't worry. Here's a great deal for you guys. Just visit BlueChew.com and get your first order when you use first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. All you have to do is pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. On our next segment here, uh, Ryan's been working on a piece here that we're going to tease. Uh, we're not going to tell you guys exactly. Do we want to tell everyone what it is, Ryan? No, we, can, we can't. Go for it. You go, explain. Fire away. Let everyone well, it's, know. It's still part of the big 10th anniversary piece for the, the Lakers back-to-back titles that I'm working on. And I've talked to more than half the team already. Um, and I just got to talk to Pal Gasol uh, after <laughs> trying to get him for like months. God, he, I mean, so cool. We talked for 40 minutes. Uh, we went deep into Kobe's passing, um, his relationship with Kobe, the, the team, how he felt about certain things. I, I mean, I asked all the players relatively the same questions, and then I kind of branch off in different areas. Obviously, with different guys, you got different things going on. And um, he really went into depth with, with Kobe. And one of the things we talked about was uh, Kobe learning from MJ. And, and watching this documentary, the MJ doc, has it reminded him of, of Kobe at all? Um, and just like Luke Walton said recently, yes, it does. I mean, it, it really does remind him of that. Um, and he called it a constant inspiration for Kobe, you know, with MJ, trying to catch MJ, you know, because he obviously ended up with five and Jordan had six. Here's what, uh, here's what Powell told Ryan in the interview. He inspired me in many moments. He was a constant inspiration uh, and example uh, for, for me and, and for, our, for our team. Uh, from being, being at the facility at 6, 5, whatever, 5, 6, 7 in the morning, you never knew when he was going to show up and getting that extra work and, and that dedication. Uh, his commitment to winning and being the best was just off the charts. Um, how he pushed everyone at practice, you know, is something that MJ was known also to be to uh, to do during his time at, at, with the Bulls. How he pushed his teammates mm-hmm. uh, and prepared them for for the, the tougher battles. 
uh, I think that was something remarkable and how he just he just never really took a, a day off or you know mentally he was always on edge understanding what that meant and how that translated yeah I think I think Pau talking about how Kobe pushed everyone to practice and 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 you know that's something that MJ was known to do uh, during his time with the Bulls I think that's a uh, that's something we've seen at times in clips that have come out about Kobe and his and, and that edge that he had in practice. Um, I mean, you, you saw it every single day whenever you know it was talked about, whether it was in the media or, or clips that were trending on social media. Um, Kobe just had that. He was just different. He was just different. Had a different mentality, a lot like Jordan. Yeah, he just pushed his uh, his teammates as as much as he possibly could to get enough out of them. So they'd be ready, you know, for when whenever they're called upon. Like, there's a famous clip of uh, Kobe like posting up Sasha in practice, and and Sasha's kind of body him, bodying him up, and, and and Kobe just elbows him right in the ribs like twice, and Kobe looks at somebody who's who's in front of him and winks at him and smiles like he's, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm messing with him, you know, I'm trying to get something out of him, um, and then obviously the infamous. Charmin, softest Charmin. I mean, this is yeah. <laughs> well after their contending days, but man, I mean, that was trending for for weeks after that. What was the story behind that? Where where he the guys were soft at practice, and he just walked out calling them Charmin or something? But they were just they were. I mean, the team was really bad at that point, and and Kobe, you know, battling injuries constantly, and I think he was trying to push them to another level in practice, and he went at them. And uh, he, I think this was with Jeremy Lin, uh, Nick Young. Jordan Hill, that team? Jordan Hill, yeah. And he got – and there was all these rumors at that time, you know, Lakers going to make a trade. They're going to get another player playing along Kobe, alongside Kobe. And it never happened, obviously. Um, but he, he, he went at them. And you didn't see what happened right before it, but you see him walking off the court, and he tells Mitch Klubchik – Gonna have to gonna have to make a trade or something like that. These guys are soft as Charmin. A little backstory on that. It was it was 2014 after his Achilles rehab. He came back, uh, and he was taking some practice days off, obviously because he's older, trying to rehab, stay healthy. And you know, his first time on the practice court, he says, "Now I see why we've lost so many games. We're soft like Charmin." Yeah, I That's remember classic. watching him on the bench during those games, and he just couldn't bear to watch it half the time because they were so bad. Oh yeah, you remember that clip of D'Angelo dancing after he scored or something like that? What's well, that? And Kobe and Kobe's just staring there, blank faced. Or like uh, when um, Kobe went on Jimmy Kimmel, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And it was mm-hmm. just after the Lakers beat the Celtics, I think. And Nick Young and Jordan Hill and uh, Jeremy Boozer. Lin, they crashed. They crashed Lin's Lin, interview. I think Car- Carlos Boozer, they're all laughing and smiling and all this. And we back in the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Kimmel asked for. Kobe's response to that, and he just that death stare, you know, like, uh, like that shit wouldn't happen if I was there or if, if I was healthy. Pretty much, yeah. pretty much. Uh, he, he, Ryan also asked Powell about, um, you know, be, being a, a student of MJ and following MJ's footsteps and everything. Did he? Here's what Powell had to say about that. Kobe was probably MJ's biggest or best student. Right. No one studied MJ probably like. Like Kobe did, mm-hmm. and and he wanted to be 
uh, like MJ and he wanted to be better than MJ and he wanted to win more than MJ. And I was a big driver, I think, for him. He, we, he understood that MJ was the best at the time and probably, you know, for all of, for most of us of all time. Um, but and he wanted to learn from the best. In order to become the best, you have to learn from him. And he, 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 he was a great, great student. And that's why you see so much resemblance between both of their games. Those are some pretty big words from Pat right there. I mean, calling, calling Kobe MJ's greatest student. I mean, it's not something we don't know, but I think hearing it from, from a former teammate of his, a guy who's won multiple championships with him, um, you know, we'll go into more of his quotes later, but just uh, seeing what, what Kobe did for Powell, um, I, I don't think there's any disagreement there. I mean, he, he's the next, he was the next guy. He was the next closest to MJ. Yeah, he had legit motivation to get there, and he had the means to do it. He just, he just fell a bit short. I mean, imagine, imagine if they pulled off the three-peat again with Kobe. He would have mirrored Jordan's career identically, basically, right? I mean, yeah, three-peat. And we'd have completely years. different GOAT conversations, right? I mean, he would be on the same level. And I'm sure that loss to the Celtics in, in 08 just – Drove him insane. Oh, but we we know it drove him insane. I mean, you talked to a lot of his teammates. Oh yeah. Uh, and you, I can't being a competitor like him. I can't imagine what going through that was, especially knowing the history of the Lakers Celtics rivalry. I think that was just uh, a gut wrenching loss. Well, you know what's interesting too is I, I remember one time I can't remember who I was talking to, but it was it's when I it's probably a few years into when I was covering the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking. We were talking about Kobe and the whole Kobe MJ dynamic, and how he wanted to go after Jordan's six rings. And obviously, in the tail end of his career, he couldn't really do it. But uh, it might have been when they got Dwight and Steve Nash, because I covered that year mm-hmm. um, before it all went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we had this conversation, and someone told me that Kobe was not chasing MJ. He was chasing Magic. Really? Like Kobe had been asked the question off the record, and he said something like, or somebody said, yeah, you're still trying to get um, Jordan with the six rings. And this is obviously before he won his fifth. And he said, no, no, I'm trying to to get Magic. I'm trying to get Magic's five or something. And then I was like, damn, so was was there some animosity between him and Magic? Or... um, was that just the first goal, and then go to MJ after that? You know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's animosity. I mean, I think the you know, being Lakers legend, there's nothing but respect there. Um, but yeah, that is interesting. I've never, I'd never heard that before. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I only just remembered it. I was, I haven't thought about that in a long time. But I remember thinking, wow, I've never heard that before. Um, I always thought it was MJ he was gunning for, and obviously it was ultimately, but. Um, I guess Magic played a role in there too. As good as, um, you know, I, I think Ryan, the rest of your quotes are going to be in the article that you're going to post over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put some graphics out as well. More of Powell's quote on Kobe on that 2010-2009 team, uh, the one that won back-to-back titles. Powell also talked to, uh, talked to us about uh, the Lakers this year. You know, their chances this year, now that they have LeBron, they have Anthony Davis. Um you know, they, they had, I think, the second-best record in the West. They were coming up on the Bucks before the hiatus started. 
think they um, have the, the best record in the West. Oh, sorry, sorry. Second best record in, in, in the league. Yeah. Best record in the West. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, they're coming up on the Bucks. Uh, here's what Powell had to say about the Lakers' odds this year. I think they have a good, good uh, what is it called? Good of a chance as anyone, or good as a chance, right? Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. A good a chance as anyone, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that they're in a position to do that, uh, or they were, <laughs> uh-huh. if things uh, kind of resume uh, at some point. Um, and, um, but, but they have some competition. I mean, it's not going to be, it's That's not a sure. given. And they're going to have to earn it just like any other champion. Um, I think, um, and what they're doing right now through this time of, uh, of confinement and, and uh, certain and shelter in place uh, will affect their chances if, if that were to happen. So, so I, think that that's, I think that that's very important to that physical and, and, and mental factor of, of what the team is doing through this process. Uh, from the coaches to to the players and, and management and so forth, it's very important to be prepared uh, and have that edge, you know. Because um, mm-hmm. you know the Clippers and everyone and the Nuggets, I think they're those are the two are probably biggest competitors in the West. Are you know they they also see it as a as a shot. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. LeBron's playoff experience when he's thirty five years old. I mean, playoff LeBron is different. He's a different animal. We've seen that. But man, especially with this hiatus now, I mean, if there's no season, it's a lost season. LeBron's a year older. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's. I do think they have a great chance. I'm not going to say they don't. Um, yeah. But I still think it's anyone's game. I think if, if anyone's if anyone's gearing up for a return, it's, it's 100% LeBron. He's doing it the best. Yeah. Well, because LeBron's got the same mindset as. Well, you would think as as Kobe, right? Like he's aiming for to get in this goat conversation legitimately in terms of titles, right? Right, because it's going to be kind of. I mean, he's going to have an argument, a legit argument, in my eyes, if he wins another one with a third team. That's something the other guys weren't able to do. Granted, they never left their team, and they were able to win with one team. But doing it with three teams is is impressive. Regardless, my only um, counter to that though is that look at LeBron's freaking team in the first when he left the Cavs. His best player was his second best. His best teammate was like Mo Williams, and then that he had like thirty-seven-year-old Shaq on his team. I mean, did LeBron ever have a Pippin for as long as Michael Jordan had a Pippin? Yeah, but that was his fault because he left Miami. He had Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was already aging. He was already dealing with knee oh. issues. They were still the best duo in the league, even if he stayed for at least another two years. He could have won four just right there. I think. Do you remember? The, I remember watching D Wade and, and, and that team, and you could just tell D Wade was sort of starting to decelerate and and you know go downhill. I mean, he was still a great player, but he wasn't, you know, the the Pippen level um, player, if, if that makes sense. I don't know. That's debatable because they're both Hall of Famers. They're both, I mean, D. Wade is in the argument for one of the best shooting guards ever. Right. I mean, like top top three, probably, right? Yeah, I would say it's Jordan, Kobe, and then D. Wade, yeah. Probably finishes yeah, out that yeah. way, too. Maybe. Who um, do you think's coming for him? James, well, James Harden could come along and win 
a few titles and that changes it. A, a few? Bit. He hasn't even won one. A few? No, I know. I'm just saying <laughs> if if he somehow yeah. gets it to click and it works all of a sudden, um, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I really don't. I think he's going to be one of those guys that's like Carl Malone. Yeah, he's the second leading scorer of all time, but he hasn't won shit. So it's like, what... What does it matter? I mean, no, he's a good player. He's a great player. Just, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, when you look at, at he's accolades. He's just all stats. He's not trophies, you know, outside of MVPs. To be fair, though, I don't know how much that was his fault. They went against some crazy good Jordan teams. No, no, it's, that's true. But Jordan was just a step higher. I mean, it's not like Carmelone didn't have teammates. I mean, he had arguably one of the best point guards ever. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he could be number two behind Magic Johnson. That's true. Um, Here's what Pau had to say about, um, you know, having his number 16 jersey retired at Staples Center, place where he won two titles, 2009-2010, almost almost a year ago, almost 10 years ago to this date. Here's what he had to say. Uh, I don't know if it's, uh, I wouldn't describe it as a hope. I would describe it as an honor uh, if it does happen. Uh, I would describe it as a uh, a tremendous, tremendous honor. Uh, I just couldn't say it. Any other way, and obviously, privilege uh, would be up there to 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 have that to be in that in that group, you know. Because uh, you know that Lakers with, fans right now are all lobbying for you to be the next guy. And I appreciate that a lot. You know, it, mean, it means a lot to me that uh, that the fans, um, you know, really uh, would like to see that. Uh, Obviously, it would be a tremendous, like I said, recognition and tremendous honor to be part of that group and be kind of, um, you know, given that 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 that, that you know, tremendous, I guess, recognition and honor. Ryan, does Pau Gasol deserve to have his jersey retired? Oh, definitely. Two I, I even told him that. I told him after I asked that question. It's like, you are one of the most most beloved former Lakers. And usually that's a great indication of where you're going to be in terms of legacy and, and the team's respect for you. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if he got a statue down the road. A um, statue, really? Of, I, I mean, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I mean, a lot of those guys with jerseys up there already have them. Who's right? out there? Um, Kareem Magic. Is that it? Jerry West. Jerry West. Um, Green, Magic, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Shaq. Oh, right. So that's five right there. So Kobe's next. I don't know if Powell's done enough to get, to get a second, uh, to, to get a trophy, to get a statue, excuse me. Because then, then you could argue James Worthy des- deserves one, um, probably before Powell. Right. Uh, yeah, I think you're opening up a can of worms right there. I think I think you should keep it to the, the biggest. <laughs> yeah, there could, yeah, there could be a hell of a debate yeah, here. But, but definitely, um, I, I agree with you on the Jersey retirement. Um Hell of a player. Oh, yeah. But I think, yeah. what was he? Was he rookie of the year with the Grizzlies? Had a couple really good years with them, all star. Well, he was like, um, he's, he's the perfect example of a guy that could not exactly do it on his own, but just needed to be in that second role. So, like, a, um, like an Anthony Davis, right? Amazing individual guy, but probably can't do it without LeBron or another guy to take the helm, mm-hmm. right? Or just lead him over the top. I mean, who's going to go to Memphis? The only way he would have got any success there is if they drafted somebody who was NBA ready immediately, like a maybe a John Morant, right? Yeah, or, but at uh, the time, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, at the tough. time, there was nobody. I couldn't even tell you who the hell he was teammates with. I think he had a lot of aging guys that came through, like a Mike Bibby, like a Jason Williams, just guys that were done. You know, so nobody could really help him. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know who his teammates were either. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a, Shane Battier. I, I mean, Battier I was definitely on the, on one of those teams. Yeah, uh, it was just see. a bunch. It's oh, like Rudy, a veteran. Rudy Gay. Uh, yeah. Eddie Jones, Dante Jones. He had one. Damon Stoudemire, Strohmas Swift, Hakeem. All Lord. guys that were past their prime and and ready to just cash a check, basically, yeah. right? I mean, the Grizzlies aren't much different now than they were then. You got Iguodala there now, past his prime. Iguodala's gone, dude. He's in Miami. Oh, well, yeah, my bad. <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing, though. Like, it's like a stopgap. It's like somewhere they, they just go there for a year or two, and then they move on, or they retire. They never really flourish. Like, I think Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley are probably the only guys that have really Done uh, I mean, well there Mike for a Conley, long Mar- of time. that grit and grind Grizzlies team with Mike Gasol, Mike Conley, uh, Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, uh, that was a that was a that was a tough team to play against. They put Memphis on the no, map. It was, but that was probably what a five year span. Yeah, it was about maybe? five or six years. But they they really put Memphis on the map, though. That's what I'm saying. Like so, that's true. Uh, <laughs> that helped. Um, here, here's what uh, it's one of the final quotes we're gonna add here. Uh, you know, a lot was being made back in 2009-2010 about. Kobe LeBron and then the Kobe LeBron finals matchup. Would they would they finally get to see it? You know, we saw the puppets, the Nike puppet commercials. Uh, I think we were all just teased thinking what happened eventually. And, you know, the Orlando Magic ruined it one year. Uh, thanks, Dwight. Um, the Boston Celtics ruined it, I think, in 2010. Yeah, in 2010, I think they ruined it as well. They had that epic series where LeBron took off his jersey for the last time in the Cavs uniform at the time. Yeah. Uh, so the Celtics ruined it there. Thanks, Paul Pierce. You wheelchair and have an ass um <laughs> but yeah so, so I, I, here's what power to say about possibly facing lebron in the finals i mean it was possible it was possible um it didn't happen i think boston was a, a stronger team and, and orlando was a stronger team probably than cleveland during those years mm-hmm. so it, it didn't happen um then that's when i guess lebron ended up going and leaving going to Miami and I was hoping that we would meet him in, in uh, 2011 but we weren't in the right state of mind in the right place in order to do that and we didn't earn it and Dallas did so um, so um, but you know uh, uh, we had a, we had our run just like everybody else or every other team that it's got gets a level have, have their run and uh, you know you just can't think of the could have should have would have you know well, there you go. Pow touched right on it like I did. Boston and Orlando ruined our dreams for everyone. That would have been really Thank cool. Thank you. It would have been a hell of a battle between those two. Um, LeBron and Kobe definitely would have been a battle. But I, I think the Lakers were far better team. Yeah. Far better team. Totally. And I don't think uh, LeBron was ready yet. He still wasn't ready. He still he had that wake-up call series in 07 against the Spurs where they just made him shoot jump shots the entire time. Yeah. Um. That came back to bite them in 2013. You know what? LeBron never really benefited from the East being a wash for a long time. He never really got challenged in that conference until, I mean, I mean Detroit in the beginning, yes, but they kind of fell off quickly. Uh, the, the East sucked. <laughs> they sucked. They sucked until LeBron went to Miami. Well, I, I do think that 
outside of Orlando, Orlando and Boston in the late 2000s, there wasn't really anyone else. But they were all think. like flash in the pan teams, right? Like Boston was good, but only for a short period of time. Orlando, yeah, Boston was able to get to a finals and win a final, so they they had it. They were there. Well, yeah, I just Orlando meant, was able to get to a finals. They, they just they weren't a lot. It wasn't a a long lasting thing, right? Like if you, I mean, if you probably talk to a Celtics fan, they'd probably say, "Yeah, I love that team, but I love Larry Bird better." Or uh, uh, I love you know the the, the old team, the, the teams of old that lasted for a decade, you know. See, but I mean, I guess that's kind of the way the NBA is today, right? They, they're not good for a very long time because they break up so quickly, right? They have three years maybe as, a, as their window of opportunity and then all of a sudden a trade happens or a teammate gets pissed off or, or storms off with taking his jersey off before he gets to the locker room. Um, it's just like Miami. That was only four years. I mean, that team everybody thought was not six, not seven. Not eight. Well, I think that was more sarcasm. Anything, but but I do think that they thought they'd win more than two. I think everybody did. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, they have the opportunity. I did, this just came to mind. Did any team milk a single championship in like a wide era more than the Celtics did? No. The 08 Celtics. No. And not, not like the Mavs won in 2011. Maybe Detroit. And they were a great team. Maybe Detroit. But like you don't hear Dirk and Jason Terry and. Karam Butler, Josh Howard, whoever no, whoever was on that team. You don't hear them going around just like milking that title. Well, I think I feel like the Celtics find every opportunity, like Perkins, <laughs> like Paul Pierce, Kevin Garth. They find any opportunity to bring it back up. Yeah. Except for Doc. I don't think Doc Rivers really brings it up that much because no. he's still a coach, he's though. He's too busy. He's but those players just, just, just milk the hell out of that championship. Yeah, that's true. Like Perkins was saying the other day that, um, I don't know if it was the other day, but it was like a few weeks ago maybe. That if he was healthy for Game Seven in 2010, they would have won. And I'm like, oh, I don't. Well, I mean, I don't you know could say the same one. thing about 2008. If Andrew Bynum was healthy, maybe they would have won. You know, and maybe easily, right? right? I mean, who knows? I uh, just, I don't know. I just, I, I think they're like the only team that just absolutely milks that title. I think it's because all, all those guys considered. are very similar. They're all kind of alpha dog types, right? They're all very chippy. They all talk a lot. They're all talkers, except for Rondo. Uh, maybe Rondo on the court, but not off the court. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kevin Garnett, that guy would tell you anything, right? Didn't he just blast the Timberwolves uh, owner a couple weeks ago? Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah. I don't know. And then Paul, probably did Paul Pierce, he's got his opinions. And then we know Kendrick Person- Perkins has his opinions. Um, I think Paul Pierce had this Stephen A. Smith streak where whatever he Whatever he said would happen, like the opposite. The opposite happened, yeah. Yeah. I think he had that going during the season. Like, I'm betting on this team to win. Well, the other team won. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would have I would have given a lot to see that uh, that Lakers-Cavs uh, finals at least once. Just LeBron versus Kobe. Well, like, just that like, one the, in between. The photos alone would have been amazing. cool. The one in between. If Orlando did not win that series, then. In 2009. Yeah, because yeah. that's the year that LeBron hit that, that, that game winner, too, right at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. But they were so outmatched, dude. Yeah. Like, and they they held they held I think 20, 20 point leads in both game one and game two. Mm-hmm. Game one they lost at the buzzer. Game two they won at the buzzer. Yeah, it's funny. So it's it funny though because like, like you look back and say, oh yeah, LeBron hit that shot, but the rest of the series sucked. The rest of the series was just a wash. And then you get to the finals, and that series was pretty much a wash too. Uh, I I just rewatched. Uh, one of those championship compilation videos, right? Mm-hmm. For that uh, that that year when the Lakers won, 
and I totally forgot that Dwight hit some or missed clutch free free throws at the end of one of those games, and could have made it a completely different series. Could have gone two two, heading into. T- there was the. Do you remember the Courtney Lee? Um, oh yeah, put back that just just barely. Yeah. He should have made that. He one hundred percent should have made. Poor that. guy. He was a rookie too. I think. Hmm. Yeah. I, I thought that was going down, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, one more final shout out. Bring back the NBA Finals decal onto the court. I love that court. Or right in the middle. Yeah, right, just put the entire trophy right in the center of the court. Yeah. From like sideline to side. I love that. It was so awesome. You know, I used to have that picture of Kobe on the court there with that uh, him walking by that like an overhead shot mm-hmm. on <laughs> what they used to call a vision board, right? Like goals and one day I wanted to cover an NBA Finals mm. um, yeah that was 10, 10 years ago 10 11 years feels like feels like way more than 10 for me yes yeah. and now I probably won't be able to do it this year if it happens if they do they do it in Vegas or Orlando yeah probably Orlando do you think so I I think Vegas makes more sense I think Orlando has more arenas they have a campus there ESPN campus or whatever that was or Walt Disney World so. But I mean, how many do you, how many do you really need though? Because there's what the Thomas Mac and T-Mobile, and then there's MGM, right? So there's three. Thomas Mac, Cox Pavilion. Well, so there's and four. Then you have technically. T-Mobile, and then what's the other one? MGM. If they're open, yeah. If they're open. Well, they, dude, they would. That might that might be, be too far apart though. What do you mean too far apart? Those arenas might be too far apart from one another. That's pretty close, dude. That's like streets apart. I think, I think Thomas maybe, and maybe, Mac maybe and... Maybe they uh, prefer being on the same campus, like the Walt Disney World one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you would switch with series, right? So you'd have two teams. Fuck. I don't know. That'd be... Trying it's, to, it's a very complicated the thing. Logistics are weird, right? Yeah, let's just, let's just see if we can get back to playing <laughs> yeah. first, and then we can figure that out. Yeah. Um, oh, as always, you guys can follow Ryan Ward at Ryan Ward LA on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um... You can follow me at Tomera Zarly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y on Twitter and Instagram. Um, put out some more, some, some Clippers editorials here, some some heartbreaking ones, some some best moments. Want to see if you guys like those? Might talk about them on the pod next week as well. Um, yeah, as always, leave us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, all those. Um, any comments, questions, suggestions, concerns? Just leave it for us in the comments. Uh, or, or on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want. We'd love to hear it. Uh, I think Ryan and I are going to take over Instagram for a bit on, on, on Clippers Nation CP and Lake Show CP. Uh, maybe in a few days, maybe we'll, we'll do a little cross-town rivalry uh, uh, IG Live, and we'll just get some fans on there as well, answer some questions if you guys have any. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what day that happens. We'll let you guys know on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, leave us a five-star review, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later.